Come to me, all you who labor and are overburdened, and I will give you rest. I imagine that in our tired and busy lives that we all lead, that many of us are delighted to hear such a promise from the Lord. Um, last weekend, I was at the I Stand camp with um, our teenagers from the youth group, and I was glad that I could actually be there for the whole weekend with them, but it was a rather exhausting time. Um, there was lots of high-energy games and sessions and things. We started on Friday night, and then I had a really terrible night's sleep, so that didn't help things. Then we were up early Saturday morning, and then session after session, and then we had some free time in the afternoon, but that actually was filled with another activity that was just super high energy and exciting. <laughs> then, getting to late afternoon, just when you want to have a nap, and we had, our afternoon session was a number of workshops about different styles of prayer, and run by the different um, team members, and the first one I went to was on praise and worship, which was cool, and then I went to one on the examine, which is a great way of praying too, and the last one that I went to was on praying with scripture, Lectio Divina. And the leader had kind of spent just a few minutes describing how to use this method, how to um, pray into the scriptures in this sort of way. And then she said, okay, you can go off into a corner of the room by yourselves. Here's a scripture, go and pray with it. So I went off into my corner of the room, took my scripture, lay down, and, <laughs> and I had a nice nap. I was... Very glad for some rest at that moment. Jesus promises us rest, doesn't he? Yeah? This is generally the way that we think of rest. I'm tired, so therefore I need some rest. But so often it's actually about the work more than it is about the rest. I've had a hard day's work and I lie down to sleep, which is really about getting my energy back so that I can get out there and do it again the next day. The more important thing is the work that I need to do. I'm resting so that I can get back to work and do all these things that are demanded of me. But it's not actually about the rest. And I think Jesus is talking about a different sort of rest when he promises us rest in this gospel. Um, and I was doing a wedding a little while back, and uh, we were doing the practice a couple of days before the wedding, and the bride and the groom were running late. I wasn't stressed. They told me they were, they were coming from another appointment, so they weren't going to be there quite on time. Um, but some of the family had already arrived, and when the bride and the groom arrived, um, especially the bride was a little bit flustered. I don't know why, she's getting married in a few days, what could possibly be stressing her out? <laughs> so the groom had gone off and was um, chatting to some of the family and saying hi, and I was greeting the bride. And I've, I've learnt from the few weddings that I've done that a most important task you have to do is to keep the bride and groom calm, keep them as peaceful and happy as you can. And as I was chatting with the bride, it sounded like she was like, I need to go and um, say hi to all the family members. It sounded like she, she felt like she needed to do this, otherwise she might offend somebody if she doesn't say hi. I need to go and say hi to these people. And I was just thinking, how can I calm her down, make her peaceful? Um, and said so the first thing that came to my mind, I said, you don't need to do anything. And I saw on her face that it was like her heart melted at that moment. This was like the greatest thing that anyone had ever said to her. I don't need to do anything. <laughs> because we run around so busily in our lives, doing so much stuff, and there's always demands being made of us. Always demands being made of us. You need to fulfill this task. You need to act in this particular way. Um, you need to manage things and keep everything together and balanced. You need to look after these people and their needs as well. And 
You need to uphold all of these social rituals, otherwise people might be offended or feel awkward. We run around like headless chooks, trying to make sure that all of these things are met. But it's not only the activity that we're doing that makes us so exhausted, but it's because we can't feel like we're okay unless we've met all of these demands. We can't be at peace unless we're keeping up with all of these demands that are made of us. And so it seemed like such a gift at this moment when I just said, you don't need to do anything. And this is something like the different kind of rest that Jesus wants to offer us. He says, come to me because you don't need to do anything to earn my love. You don't need to do anything. I love you first. Jesus offers us a rest that's more profound, that's more real, that's more refreshing than anything we've ever really tasted before. And it's not just a recharge so that we can muster our energy and get back out there into the fight. But this is like the rest when our souls find a place where they truly want to be and never want to leave. You will find rest for your souls, Jesus says. And what he's talking about is union with God. Knowing the love of our Father, knowing that we are children of the Father and that he loves us in a way that doesn't depend upon our behavior, it doesn't depend upon our obedience, it doesn't depend upon our achievements. He loves us. And we don't have to do anything to make that a fact. Now, we'll fully enjoy this rest and this peace when we come to heaven, of course, but Jesus isn't only talking about that future He's promising us now that we can have a taste of this, that we can experience this rest. He says, no one knows the Father except the Son and those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Jesus wants to show us who the Father is. Jesus wants to show us what it's like to be a child of the Father, what it's like to know that perfect, infinite, unconditional love that the Father has for us. Jesus wants to show us that. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are overburdened, and I will give you rest. Shoulder my yoke and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Yes, my yoke is easy and my burden light. I know that I said you don't need to do anything, but Jesus does instruct us to do something. He does give us an invitation to respond in some way. Um, He actually gives us three invitations or three instructions in these three short verses. He says, firstly, come to me. Then he says, shoulder my yoke. And he says, learn from me. And, of course, there's no work that we can do to earn God's love. But Jesus invites us to take up the yoke with him so that we can learn that love with him, so that he can show us what it means to be loved, how to live in God's love. This is the work that he invites us to do, not the work of earning God's love. And it's totally different from 
the yoke that we have of all these demands that the world places upon us, which is exhausting, which weighs us down. Jesus invites us to yoke ourselves to him, clearly a symbol of taking up some work, but we're going to work alongside him, like two oxen plowing a field together. We're going to work alongside Jesus, and he wants to show us the work of living in the Father's love, side by side with him. So there's three invitations that Jesus gives us, and three ways I want to suggest that we can take up this work and open up to the Father's love that Jesus wants to show us. So firstly, Jesus tells us to come to him. But he tells us to come to him if we're weary and overburdened. Yeah? So if you're not weary and overburdened, then you don't really need Jesus. You don't need to come to him. It's all good. Jesus invites us to actually know our need, to know our, our hunger, our burdenedness, our weakness, and come to him from that place. The last thing that God would want is that prayer becomes another place where we have to put on that mask and pretend that everything's okay. He wants us to be honest and humble about our weakness, about our needs. And this can be a real struggle for us, but Jesus knows what's going on in the depths of our hearts. Even if we're not able to articulate what that struggle, what that burden might be, Jesus can show us. And when we're able to come to him honestly and humbly with that struggle, with that burden, then we can surrender that to him and have that load lightened. Secondly, he asks us to shoulder his yoke. And this is the bit where he's inviting us to do a bit of work. Because the Christian life is not just about kind of plonking on a couch next to Jesus and doing nothing. It's not just like, okay, Jesus has won the victory, cool, I don't have to do anything anymore. I'll just chill out. Sometimes the Lord does invite us to just be still and rest, and that's great. We should receive that grace. But generally, the Christian life requires discipline. This is why we call ourselves disciples, because we're disciplined in the way that we follow Jesus. And we take up this yoke, we shoulder Jesus' yoke with him when we structure prayer into our lives, when we commit ourselves to growing in virtue, when we actually strive to live by our values, when we try and make that right decision time and time again when we're tested, when we're challenged. The motivation is important, though. While this is a work that we ought to press into, we're not working so as to earn God's love. It's always a response. God loves us so immensely, therefore we respond by giving him our time, by giving him our talents, by giving him our will and our decisions and our path. We respond to God's love by living a life that opens us up to receive the fullness of that gift of his love. And we can live in that rest of being beloved children of God when we take up Jesus' yoke and we try and walk with him. We take up the work of following Jesus. Finally, Jesus invites us to learn from him. 
And if Jesus wants to show us how to live in the Father's love, he wants us to show us how to follow the Father's will, then it's good for us to learn to discern where he's leading us, what path he is showing us. There's an endless array of good things that we could do for God to, to build up the kingdom. We could run around busying ourselves with a thousand different good things for God. But the truth is that he has a plan for us and a path for us that's not going to be exhausting, that's actually going to be life-giving in a profound way. And so we can open up to actually listening to what God's specific will is for me. And this, it might seem like a nice idea that if, if I'm if I know God's love and I try and love Him, then I'll just kind of naturally find myself following the right path. But to discern God's will actually does require discipline. It requires attention. It's a skill that we can learn to listen to His voice and listen to where He's leading. And in my opinion, I think it's, if not the most important, one of the most important things that as disciples of Jesus we need to learn so that we can actually hear where He's leading us and follow that path. Because he's got a plan for our lives. He's got a burden that he wants us to carry. He's got a yoke that he wants us to take on. And if we step into that work that he's calling us to, we'll find that the burden is easy and light. Not because it's, it's not going to be hard and we're not going to get tired sometimes. We're not going to face serious challenges sometimes. It's still going to be difficult. But when we've placed ourselves in the Father's love and are following His will, then there's a profound rest and a profound peace that our souls find in remaining in that place, in remaining in the Father's love. Jesus wants to show us that path and reveal His Father's love to us in a way that will give us that peace that the world cannot give. But still, if we ever think of this work as something that's going to convince God to love us, or if we think of this work as something that's going to convince us of our own worth, then it's going to go back to being exhausting. Because this kind of rest only comes from knowing the Father's love for us, knowing that we are beloved children. The work of a disciple is just to unite ourselves with Jesus to surrender those burdens that we carry to him and to with him listen to that voice of the Father calling us to walk a particular path. And this yoke, when we're faithful in following it, is truly easy and the burden is light because it opens us up to knowing that profound rest that's only found in the Father's love. When we stand under that yoke with Jesus, we're brought into that perfect, infinite, unconditional love of our Father. And that's the only place where we can truly find our rest. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.